0: Hello, my name's Dan Rigby and welcome to the Onside Education podcast, the podcast that discusses all the latest news and views in the world of education here in the UK and we may also discuss a little bit of sport too. our second podcast today i'm joined by my right hand man edward draper say hello eddie
1: hello everybody
0: um today what we're going to discuss is a a topic close to my heart and yours as well eddie uh it's maths in sport it's world maths in sports day today what do you have in your array of knowledge of embedding maths in sport eddie
1: right i'd like to start by probably touching on a few negative points really in terms of maths and numeracy obviously we're working in the 16 to 18 sector i'm working with a lot of young men and women who haven't perhaps had a good experience of maths and numeracy and often they come to us mostly in our sports academies with a very negative approach towards mass you
0: yeah, don't of that like is...
1: it you don't like it no a lot of that is from their own experiences um i think the pressure schools are under now to hit certain targets set by the government puts an immense amount of pressure on the individuals and the youngsters themselves mm. as well so i think that's a big cause of it
0: i also think uh, what about unfunctional functional skills yeah um i'll come on to functional skills in a second yeah I also think
1: that there's a big misconception that just because sport and math seem to lend themselves together, it isn't always embedded properly. Mm. So, you know, you've got timekeeping, you've got measuring football pitches, you've got different angles in different sports, things like that, that just off the top of my head come to mind when you think about numeracy and maths and how it can be embedded in sport. Then when you get a little bit more scientific you know you've got blood pressure blood rates, things like that i think i've seen lots of examples of how it's tried to be embedded and it's been done quite poorly yeah and i think again that the students we get to us at 16 have probably had some poor experiences so i think there is a misconception to think that maths and sport do go hand in hand very well but it isn't always done properly yeah in a way that the kids get it yeah absolutely so just to sort of summarize that first point i do think that school you know sometimes does give this negative um conception to these youngsters and the big point you know we're going to talk about functional skills and unfunctional skills i think that the big point from my experience as well is what is needed to pass maths gcse is light years ahead from the maths and the numeracy that is needed day to day for not just youngsters but anybody of any age so I think there is a big gap between the rat race of trying to get these kids through to pass the GCSE for schools to hit certain targets, and what is genuinely needed for these youngsters in the future. I think there's a huge gap between those two things.
0: Well, there is a cross education, full stop. Never mind maths, because you're really going into a deeper point there, which is like what what is eleven to sixteen, especially. I think we've changed a lot now. Sixteen plus. I think it is more of understanding over memory. But 11 to, 8, uh, 11 to 16 education, 11 to 18 if you include A-levels in that, ain't understanding. It's memory. Mm-hmm. It's what can you memorise and then regurgitate in a test. Yeah, yeah. I Where think, uh... understanding is a completely different topic. Because when you go to university, it's all about understanding. Memory has got nothing to do with anything. Probably unless you're doing, say, an accountancy or a mathematics degree to a certain extent. But what we did, sports science or physical education, it's all about understanding. And if you can't, if you don't understand it, it's pointless. I i thrived at university, even though I went off the drinking culture and didn't get the degree, degree I should have. I thrived at university because it was all about understanding. Where, especially college, not so much school because we, we breezed through school, it was a bit easy, wasn't it? But especially college where there was a memory aspect to it, I weren't interested. Mm.
1: I think even more so now that there's a higher weighting towards exams than coursework. You know, there's there's pros and cons to that, but yeah. I certainly agree to some point that it is a memory test to perform on that day when you sat in front of the exam. Yeah. And again, it takes away the what skills in terms of numeracy, mathematics yeah. that these youngsters need in the day-to-day life. Yeah. And, you know, especially the youngsters that we're working with. Yeah. A large proportion of these are going to go off into quite practical jobs whether that be in the sports and fitness industry we've had a few lads go on to engineering construction the building profession I this is where i see the huge gap between reality and the youngsters we're working with how they need to be engaged and how they need to learn these key skills in terms of numeracy and maths to help them in their real lives in the future the other big thing i've a bit of a beam up on it with is having to reset so, at, at present, a youngster leaves school without the old fashioned C grade, which is now obviously a grade four. Yeah. They have to continue to work towards. Now, I agree with that completely in terms of we do need to keep up skilling, not just youngsters, but everybody in their different professions to develop the literacy and numeracy skills. I completely agree with that. But what we are seeing, and the results across the country back my statement up here, we've got young men and women who leave school after five years of secondary school not even considering primary school where they've been getting maths and english lessons every single day sometimes two hours a day i've seen instances where they've got three hours leading up to exams as well they haven't managed to hit the golden egg of getting that c grade they then leave school and go on to you know they narrow the choices of what they want to do with a career and go to college go to six form, and go to an apprenticeship whatever it might be and then, it's another set of pressure to reset. Now again, I'm completely them continuing to develop, but there's more pressure again. So they've had the pressure of having to pass the GCSE exam in school. They leave and go to a college with less academy. time. Absolutely. So they then go from that pressurized environment, didn't make the mark, mm. and then it's the whole set of pressure again that they have to now reset. Less time, less resources less input from professionals in terms of specialist maths teachers, and they still have to hit certain targets. Now, the wider ramification for that, for for people in our profession, Dan, in the private, you know training industry, is that we're now judged on these factors as well. And I completely agree with colleges. I've spoken to a few people in colleges who they've suddenly had to invest massively in terms of resourcing staff, timetabling, even rooms, because now they've gone from having the set maths and English lessons that they've always done, they've got a whole batch of new learners who are having to resit. Now for big colleges who've got quite a bit of money coming in, they can survive with that and they can work with that. For schools that are under huge pressures with budget cuts, sixth forms colleges who are getting cuts left, right and centre, and we see that massively around our area, it's a massive challenge and in the private sector it's absolutely huge. We've now gone to a point where the English and maths element of our sports provision 16 to 18 courses is seen as more important and we're almost judged on that more than what these kids are coming to us for and that's the sports academy feel
0: yeah well we are judged more on because it's an overall it's an overall area now and we're actually teaching them something new in terms of BTEC sport Uh, and the way the new BTEC's running where it is again there's some exam elements to it Mm. we're teaching these kids whole new elements so obviously that being the core element is going to have more time and more dedication and they're doing 15 16 20 hours a week on that mm. so we've only got time for two three hours english and maths maximum mm. and yet we've still got to get the result that they couldn't get after five years or three hours a day in that period of time
1: absolutely
0: it's unrealistic you so ju- sorry Dan. yeah just, just to, jump
1: to jump in on the functional skills element as well so obviously if they get a, a d they have to yeah. reset gcse e or lower reset functional skills now from my experience now delivering seeing exams and working with students on functional skills I think that is so much more relevant not just in the sports arena with the kids we're working with but across the board the content and the structure of the functional skills it is exactly that it's functional and it is quite work related there are quite a few practical elements in there and it is functional. You often see the maths papers requiring reading skills, yeah. interpreting, summarising passages, as well as numeracy skills. So I'm flying the flag massively for the functional skills. The B in my bonnet is functional, seen as a stepping stone. And the children who pass, well, you know, they're not children, sorry, 16, 17, 18-year-olds who pass the functional skills now have to carry on and do the GCSE. That's where I think there's a bit of disparity with reality of what we're trying to get these kids to do and achieve and hitting national figures of numbers getting onto GCSE programmes.
0: Yeah, I think the functional skills is better but I still think there's a lot of problems with the functional skills. So even though it's more practical and the questions are in practically um, I think they need to have a diversification in terms of the functional skills i.e virtually 90 percent of earlier questions in functional skills are based around Britley a hairdresser can't relate to that a sports person definitely can't relate to that so i think the functional skills even needs to do through, even needs to do two things one have separate separate functional skills exams so they have a maths sport functional skills exams a maths hairdressing functional skill exam um, a. a a maths bricklaying functional skill exam, a maths electrician functional skill exam, which is probably going to be harder. And if they're not going to do that, they then need to do, if they're going to do the one exam, which is generic for everything, they need to then do an exam which incorporates virtually all the areas that are covered. So you need to do a question on electrics, a question on hairdressing, a question on sport, a question on bricklaying, a question on early years, and you need to do it that. But then again, you're you're offsetting people again. Yeah, Because I think, like you said there earlier about the reading the question, I'd done some invigilating last year and some of the lads just can't read the... They can read the question, but they've just got no understanding of it because they're already... You know what they're like? They're blown away by the fact it just says brick bricklaying instead of pitch. Mm-hmm. Do, you know, do, do you know what I mean? Just straight away, just the pure English of these lads. And you, again, you could argue then the point, well, they're obviously not level two if they can't do that. Mm-hmm. But we're dealing with a lot of kids that are English as additional language. We're dealing with kids that are maybe even on the autistic spectrum or SEN that take things literal as when they read it. So we're kind of, I will not say putting up a barrier against them, but some of the learners that we have just can't get around the practicalities of what the actual exam's asking them to do. That's it, that's it. And I think...
1: That's where numeracy and literacy comes in more than it's maths, it's English. And I think that's where, especially here on side, we have some really skilled teachers who are fantastic at embedding. And it's not just a case of embedding numeracy within a particular area of the, the BTEC sport course, covering, mm. but generally. Yeah. You know, in tutorials, we see it in written feedback. We see it in, yeah. in ways that they're doing assessments. We, we see, it. I think we've got some strong provision there. Just on that point you make about specific exams I think mean, it's a very novel idea but are we then pigeonholing and saying well you've only passed your maths <laughs> or sports yeah they have a change of career you know is it going yeah. to be a block to them however these kids are having to pick at age 14 in year 9 their options sometimes they're picking year 8 as well some schools they start yeah. TCC's year 9 they're having to pick choices then you know are you going to do history are you going to do English are you going to do PE whatever it might be so is it such a thing to is it such a problem to say you're going to do a numeracy within the construction industry mm. numeracy within the hairdressing profession? Well, maybe then
0: you could just set it. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe then you could just set um a sixteen plus functional skill exam. Yeah, yeah, that's an answer. Yeah. So they have functional. They have the GCSE still have the generic. For plus, yeah, it? I think a GCSE for sixteen plus would. Mm-hmm. Well, but then again, it won't be GCSE because a GCSE is general secondary certificate in education, yeah, they isn't they it? Something
1: so something else. Yeah. The other thing is, as well. Well, you know, it'll be a right.
0: GCSE. Are they the old yeah, ones? Yeah, that's what I were. Right? General yeah. Certificate of Education. Yeah.
1: The, um, another one, if you get a C in English literature, you're exempt from resitting. Re- so that covers you. You don't have to resit. Even <laughs> if you get an E, F, G, yeah. D for your English language. Now, you know, from our experiences here in English literature, I do think it's different to English language. So mm. what you're required to do there, it's often reading books and understanding a certain text or a certain author's way of writing how functional is that to and and realistic to what these youngsters need in the future well I think
0: if if they did literature I don't mind that except that literature is normally old school if it's up to date stuff if it's up to date stuff you could probably argue that I think if they did literature in two form I think you still need to know not still need to know Shakespeare, etc. But Shakespeare's stories do have a reoccurring theme throughout history. You could look at any Disney film in probably the history of mankind and it probably relates to a Shakespeare story. It's just been modernised. So I think Shakespeare is fine, uh, or whatever other story. But I think if you split it in two parts where you have a, a modern aspect to it, again, it's almost like the functional skills. You know, the functional skills now are like read this news text, read this newspaper article read read this email so if they put literature in two forms historical and a modern i think that would would work but i do agree what you say i don't think it's i don't think if you get a c in english english literature it should not cover you Mm.
1: the thing is as well about i think about it being kind of outdated the literature you know what we read when we were doing english literature a few years ago now (laughs) you know it was outdated we we weren't (laughs) engaged with that yeah. So, you know, well, you you say just that, think of the world how much it's changed now. You've got these kids are reading things on Twitter, yeah. social media. Yeah. How often are they going to sit and, and read a book of that nature? Yeah. And then we're trying to get them to pass exams. Yeah. Know? I'm all for it as well. I personally think spelling, grammar, I've seen it generally not go downhill as such, but I do think it's weaker in youngsters now than it was because yeah. of predictive text. Yeah. You know, Twitter and things yeah. like this. So, I think the whole thing needs a bit of a shake up to get some sort of balance between yeah. traditional it, and where it's going. Because where's it going to be in the next 10, 15 years?
0: Yeah. Well, probably not. You, you say that, though, about, about engagement, about you weren't engaged. We had different teachers. Uh, obviously, we went to the same high school, but we had different teachers. And I had, I had Mr. O'Connor, who was literally the only English teacher I ever had that actually engaged me in reading. Mm-hmm. I still rarely read. I rarely read, I'm a audio book, I, I, I have audio book, I do a bit of reading, but it's it's light and it's a couple of pages at a time, um, and they're normally political or biography books now, they're not fictional like they were, mm. but again, it, it comes back to the original point about, we're talking about embedding it in sport, mm. he embedded it, English literature to me, into um, into modern day life, mm. and for the first time ever, I wanted to read books, or I wanted to work out what that linked to or what that linked to. Mm. Uh, and his examples was like the lion king about how the lion king is almost like uh of a, a, a kind of a version of Macbeth where you've got the younger brother who wanted to overtake but it's not got so much the lady Macbethy. but he, he used the modern day areas the modern yeah. day stories to engage, you. to engage me even what was going on at the time so i remember it was like 2001 2002 do you remember when big brother was just yeah, just yeah, came yeah, out yeah. uh um, what was it, N- Nasty Nick? Nasty Nick, yeah. Uh, Nasty Nick. Kicked out for cheating. Well, kicked out for because he was writing little notes. He started embedding that into literature. Mm. And all of a sudden you've got a bunch of lads there that are 15 years old that have never read a book in their life and not interested in reading a book. Mm. All of a sudden wanting to read books because yeah. he engaged you. I think, um, so the teaching aspect in absolutely. itself is
1: massive. I, I, I love history and I read a lot of history books because I had a fantastic history teacher. Yeah. And Who was yours? Mr Hartley.
0: I, I well I have Mr. Fulburn and I liked you it because yeah I like I liked history purely because of him as well. But
1: but that's where I think this is where there's that negative oh all that like maths is boring. If you've got an engaging enthusiastic teacher, um, you can teach anything. Oh yeah, I'm anything, and I said that's go back to my point. I'm seeing some great stuff now in our teachers because they're not teaching maths as such. They're not teaching just literacy. It's all embedded, and you've got teachers there who are engaging these youngsters. Mm. Teach them anything. Yeah. So I think that's a massive point in terms of having a quality teacher who can engage you. Yeah. And develop
0: all that skills. in it. Yeah. yeah. I think I think if you look at some of the stuff we do with coaching around coaching, it's easy to embed the maths in there. Mm. And if they're interested in coaching, which a lot of our lads and girls are, mm. I think it's easy. Um, and they they pick up on it because it's easy. Mm. But a lot of them aren't. A lot of them are there just to play football, aren't they? Let's yeah. be honest so that's a bit little more difficult even in the coaching aspect to embed it um but we are we're dealing with um a different kettle of fish now we're dealing with a, a new breed of of youngster that's that's very social media savvy very tech savvy and i think if someone or something can be embedded within tech that'd be massive mm. that'd be huge mm. um that's just on it
1: for instance um, I haven't got an IT qualification, I didn't choose to do it at GCSE. Mm. Um, I did it with pointless, trust And me. I'm, not, I'm not the best on that, but you see some of our youngsters now that are f- absolutely outstanding on
0: IT. My five-year-old's um, better on IT than you are.
1: Th- oh yeah, 100%. You think um, the after-reset English and maths, when's it going to be the after-reset? Oh, that, that, that'll you be the next. Some, at the minute, I'm getting emails all the time about new apprenticeships coming through and yeah. cyber security,
0: yeah. coding. Yeah.
1: Huge. Oh, massive! You can just tell the governments onto that because there's a massive emphasis on pushing them and more people in that. Our, our kids that we're working with at the minute, resetting English and maths. I think them, it's going to go. I think
0: they're... it'll go maths, maybe not so much so, but I think English is going to go. I T needs to go. I think I I think I T is going to overtake English. I think the, the, over the next ten years. Could quote the me, thing is as
1: well, if secondary school kids, they will go in like year seven, starting secondary school, is going to go into a job that probably doesn't even exist now.
0: Yeah, 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 true.
1: And yes, they'll always need English, English literacy, numeracy skills, but
0: it's not, it's not going to be heavy. the,
1: the I T needs to be huge. I can
0: honestly see in the next ten years what will happen is within the next five, I C T will be a, a generic reset alongside English and maths, and then I reckon that in the ten year point, English will drop off. Uh, An ICT will overtake that. One of my reasons for thinking that is I've just got one of these new home pods at home and I don't need to type anything. I'll just tell the home pod what to do and it will literally just block up on my phone. So I'm at, I've got this routine at the moment at night where I'm planning tomorrow or planning the week on a Sunday. So Sunday night, I'm planning my week. I will set my reminders and my calendar and I will just speak them. And then the, the grammar and the English, as long as I've said it right, it's perfect. Even if I don't say it right, it will auto-correct it and put it in the right format. So when I'm getting um, I'm getting a, a, a reminder through my phone, which I forgot I even said on Sunday night, it's popping up. And I probably didn't say it the way I said it, but the magic of this um, HomePod has sorted it out for me.
1: That, that, you go back to... Like a traditional way of looking at things, like you still always gonna to have to read letters, write letters, write emails in any profession. Yeah, yeah, true. So I think them skills are always
0: gonna be there. True. Well, do you? That's, 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 that's the thing you're saying. Right, you're saying write an email. I don't need to write an email now. Yeah, you can do. Yeah. I and mean, you think about how far phones have come in the last ten years. Right, we was at school. What was it? Well, it was at uni ten years ago. I think my phone was amazing because it took a photograph. Yeah,
1: that's on.
0: Yeah well, I I think I got the first I think I got the first Apple phone when I was in America when I was 19 so 12 years ago. And that was like amazing because it didn't have buttons and it had a camera and the camera was rubbish. Look how far phones have come in 12 years. Mm. Ridiculous. So if if I don't need to write an email now and I will have to re re, re um reread it because obviously it's going to say it as I've said it. Mm. Um so you do have to check it and and go through the grammar. If that's doing that now what's it going to be in 10 years
1: and that goes back to the original point of these kids around to reset gcse english and maths yeah how's that going to benefit them how's it going to open doors to the careers is it a part is it you know employers yeah. are literally looking at right we want someone who's got an a in english and maths comparing that to people who've got d's and e's yeah i don't know but how relevant is it going to be in, in the in the future for, yeah. like i say some of these jobs are not even created yet having a gcse in english compared to being an absolute whiz on coding, but cyber security, et cetera.
0: So what's your conclusion then? We'll come to the conclusion point. Embedding maths day in sport, yeah. does it work?
1: So to conclude, I, you know, I reiterate my point that I think we do that so well, and I've seen some great examples this past week or two bobbing in the lessons. I think sport does lend itself massively to both literacy and numeracy. Yeah. And I think that'll always be the case particularly numeracy you know like i say about timekeeping and a really basic level timekeeping, yeah. doing scores goal differences things like that then as you get to a more higher level looking at b tech a level kind of thing you're looking at energy systems and blood pressures and things like that there's a phenomenal amount of things that, that you can develop your maths and numeracy skills i think the big thing is and we've touched on this if we can get a youngster engaged with developing the numeracy literacy skills because They've enjoyed doing that session on blood pressures yeah. within sport, fantastic. And you just hope that they develop the numeracy skills because they've had that positive learning experience and they can take that on. So I think embedding it is huge in sport and I think it always will be. I think my big bugbear at the minute is we are making and that's the word, we are making youngsters reset GCSEs. Yeah potentially for two, three, four years of their life, if they go on to an apprenticeship even, they might have to re- do it in certain senses. Yeah. After not managing to do it, almost setting them up to fail within a school because they're judged on it, oh, you failed. Yeah. And we're resitting, regurgitating it. The biggest point is, I think, functional skills is, is good, it's strong, but there's massive areas for improvement and development in terms of what exactly are we testing and are we allowing these youngsters to learn for the future and my big point is they're going to go into some jobs in the future that don't even exist yet Yeah. and are the current testing circumstances fit for purpose for that?
0: Well that is the question, that is the question. Right we'll go on to, to um latest news, do you want to go on to some latest news? We've got, we've got a couple of new um, new stories out today. Uh, in FE, um, FE week, my favourite little Sunday night read this. Um, There's been a uh, select committee, obviously the Education Select Committee, and there's been a heaving on college funding this morning. Um, And Dr. Alison Birkinshaw, who is principal of York College, I think, and she was uh, ALC president last year, has basically said to the committee that the the core funding, obviously, is at an all-time low. When was the last time the funding changed? I think Band 5 has been that Band 5 for about 10 years, mate. I think it's been 10 years, it's not changed. Good question. Yeah, everything else has changed. Wages have obviously just gone up this year.
1: So we're thinking, you want, yeah, the funding bans should rise, do we think? Oh, they have to rise.
0: They need to. Uh, Anyway, the Education Select Committee, there has been a call to get rid of incentives uh, for learners and for employers, I think. Um, And we need a massive spending review. Uh, And it should be increased to a minimum of 4,760 in the next spending review. Okay. And I think that is, well, that'll be band five, won't it? And I still don't think that's enough. Right, yeah, so that's band band five. There's been another one as well, Um, another story that is today, come out today, uh, is the former schools minister has called for the admission age at university technical colleges to change to 16 after a damning new research faulted their academic process and ability to recruit and retain learners. The latest report from the education policy institute has laid bare the major issues of the 14 to 19 providers including high dropout rates and severely low ofsted grades mm-hmm. now i don't know what that is based on but i'm telling you, you now, in private training providers i'll question low ofsted grades obviously we've had the learn direct debacle but we don't exist if we get low grades mm-hmm. and there's not been that many that have been dropping like flies have there
1: there was uh, a while ago. They seem to have quietened off a bit now. Dropping
0: my flies. Yeah, I'd love to know, and I really would love to know, what the um, dispersion is between Ofsted grades between public funded colleges and six forms, mm-hmm. and even six form schools, and private training providers. I bet you there's a massive disparity there, a huge disparity. Mm-hmm. But uh,
1: you know, again, looking at. If we just looked at cold hard facts there in terms of numbers and grades, colleges compared to providers, it yeah. only tells you a little bit of the story. If you go digging into a private training provider, yeah. why has it got, let's say it gets a grade four, why has it got that? It'd be one hell of a nice research thing, that actually. I think it'd be a really so good a, research. A dive report. into the Ofsted um, reports, see what they've been um, slated on as yeah. such. Yeah. and the areas for improvement across the board, mm-hmm. is there any pattern? And then com- if we compare that to the colleges report, are there any areas there that they're
0: a bit more lenient on? Yeah. Mm. You see, I think that'd be really interesting, that. I don't, I don't agree with lowering it to 16. I don't agree with that at all. I wasn't ready for university when I left at 21. <laughs> so lowering it to 16, I, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Anyway, thanks a lot for your time, Eddie. No problem. Until better, next better time. Off. Yeah, until next time. We've got stuff to do now, haven't we? Yeah. Little, little trips to Sandbach. All right, mate. Thanks a lot. Speak to you soon. Oh, thanks for listening to the Onside Education Podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast to keep up to date with all our latest podcasts, reviews, and discussions surrounding education. Uh, next time, I am meeting with a couple of ex-learners, uh, which might be able to give you a bit of insight to what we do and how we do it. If you are from listening from an education provider and or a business, and you'd like to know more about our courses, feel free to give us a call on 01257 two seven eight one three one. That's zero one two five seven. Two seven eight one three one. Speak to you next time. Ta